0: Oh God, thank you for Lara. Thank you for, for the words that she's prepared. I pray that you would speak to us through her, speak to us through your word. Um, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be receptive to you uh, and that your, yeah, your word would, would hit deep in us and, and help us to change, help us to be more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Great, good morning everybody. It's lovely to be here on what is a kind of sunny morning for a change, which is nice. Um, As Tom said, we're going to be starting a new series um, today called Fighting the Good Fight fighting the good fight. So over the next sort of five weeks, I think, we'll be unpacking two books in the Bible called One and Two Timothy. now there's an absolute wealth of excellent teaching in these books. And I would really urge you, if you can, just to um, read them, in fact. Just read both the books. Um, In fact, if you were to use a Bible audio app, you can have someone else read them to you in just 30 minutes. So why don't you today, after lunch, just grab a cup of coffee, sit down, for half an hour and listen to 1 and 2 Timothy. I would highly recommend that to you. Now I've called them books, but they are in fact letters. They are letters written by a man called Paul to, no guesses, a man called Timothy. Um, And they are filled with pastoral advice. Now, Timothy's name means uh, honoring God. And he was actually Paul's mentee or protege. And Paul wrote him these letters really to give him um, encouragement and direction and some real leadership um, guidelines. As Timothy began to take on more and more responsibility in the early church, pastoring it in places like Philippi and Ephesus. Now, just in case you're not very familiar with these letters, I'm just going to give a really quick overview of them both. So um, Timothy had been sent by Paul to a place called Ephesus, where many issues had arisen in the uh, new church that had just been established there by Paul, including things like false and distorted teaching, some really bad theology, corruption, and greed amongst the church leaders. And the first letter to Timothy, kind of it's Paul's instructions on how to set the Ephesian church in order. And it's actually a really important lesson for all of us because it kind of gives a holistic vision, if you like, of the nature and mission of the church. And it really shows us that what a church believes will really shape uh, how it lives and how it behaves. And Paul also reminds us in this first letter that how the church is perceived by the outside world is really important. You know, he reminds us that Christians should be known for their integrity and their good works and for serving the poor and the most vulnerable in the communities, all out of love for Jesus. And then we have the second letter from Timothy, um, of Timothy's. Uh, It was written really by Paul to encourage Timothy to be strong at a time when he was apparently experiencing a real lack of resolve in kind of performing his duties. And um, Paul writes it to encourage him to be steadfast in his faithfulness to Jesus, even though that may come at a bit of a cost. And 2 Timothy um, is probably the last letter that Paul wrote. He wrote it from prison uh, in Rome uh, just before he died. And he was really writing it to pass on the baton of spiritual leadership to Timothy. And in the letter, we see that Paul recognizes that Timothy uh, is young and apparently of quite timid disposition. And in his letter, Paul really challenges Timothy to accept his call as a leader um, and to be spiritually strong in God's grace and to continue to confront the corruption um, amongst the Ephesian church leaders that was still causing quite a lot of problems. So as I said, there's just a real wealth of excellent teaching to take away from these letters. But in this series, we're going to be focusing on what they tell us about discipleship. Now, As a church family, we really want to be pushing into discipleship. And over the next five weeks, we're going to kind of draw upon some of Paul's wisdom on this topic and apply it to our own journeys with Jesus. So Timothy was from a place called Lystra. And he probably became a Christian uh, after Paul's first ministry uh, trip to this town. But Timothy already had a really great solid Jewish training in the scriptures. That's the Old Testament from his mother and his grandmother, who were both Jewish and who clearly took the command in Deuteronomy 11 really seriously. And it says this. It says, fix these words of mine, this is kind of the Lord talking, in your hearts and minds. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. In other words, God's saying, teach your children about me all the time. And Timothy's mother and grandmother did just that. They immersed him in the Old Testament stories. And then later on, they instilled in him a really deep faith in Jesus. And you know, in his letters, Paul actually refers to these ladies sincere and genuine faith, inferring that not only did they teach Timothy the scriptures, but they lived them out too. And Timothy would have learned from their example you know, their efforts bore much fruit because Timothy became a disciple who was really well-respected amongst the believers in Lystra. And this is actually the first point that I want to make this morning. And it's this, that discipleship is generational. Discipleship is generational. We are all called to pass on our faith from one generation to the next. You know, my mum and dad played a huge role in introducing me to Jesus. They were modeled Bible studies. They te- uh, taught me how to pray. But really, even more impactful than that is watching firsthand how they live their lives with Jesus at the center of everything. And this has been a real inspiration to my own faith journey. Did I now see myself modeling what I learned from them to my own children, even down to the little things, like I sometimes put a little Bible verse in their packed lunch, which is what my mum used to do for me. Um, And, you know, this is such a key element of discipleship. Our lifestyles and choices make a big impression on those around us, and they can have a really profound impact on those within our sphere of influence. And we have a thriving uh, children's church here, and Joe and the team uh, do an amazing job teaching our youngsters about all the Bible stories and about how much God loves them. And you know, discipleship can and should start from infancy, and Paul actually references this in his letters. And Timothy developed his Christ-like character partly because he was steeped in scripture from such a young age. Do you know, we all have a part to play in modeling sincere and genuine faith to our church children and ensuring that they are discipled well and lovingly. And the reason we do this is because we know that really careful shepherding of our little one's hearts can bear wonderful fruit in the future. So by the time Paul returns to Lystra a second time, Timothy has become this really wonderful, faithful follower of Jesus. And Paul is so impressed by his dedication and passion for Jesus that he recruits him for his missionary journeys. And he then spends many years mentoring and guiding Timothy, teaching him and training him. So the question today, what can we learn from Paul's discipleship of Timothy? Well, I think he models four steps that we can adopt and follow as we disciple each other. Timothy, um, Paul equips Timothy for ministerial tasks. He empowers him for success. He employs him in, ch- in a challenging work environment. And lastly, Paul treasures their relationship. So, firstly, Paul equips Timothy. Now, we read that Timothy is commissioned or chosen for his role by Paul and the church um, elders in Lystra. There's a word of prophecy spoken over him. There's laying on of hands. And we're also told there's an impartation of a spiritual gift to Timothy, possibly something like evangelism. And then Timothy travels with Paul's party and becomes an assistant and an apprentice. And he gradually proves himself to become a minister, a trusted minister in his own right. He works alongside Paul for many years and by witnessing Paul's devotion to preaching God's word, his approach to sharing the gospel, Timothy develops this much greater understanding of the nature of ministry and this on the job training really equips him for his own ministerial tasks. And as we disciple people, as we disciple someone, we too need to be modeling real Christ-like values to them. And if someone's earmarked for a particular role, we need to coach them and train them and gradually give them more and more responsibility in that role. Secondly, Paul empowers Timothy for success, reminding him that he was called by God to spread the gospel message. And actually, Paul is really careful to mention Timothy's credentials as a servant of God in his various letters to the congregations. Here we see an example of this in his letters to the Philippians, where Paul describes Timothy as a -a one-of-a-kind minister with a focus purely on Jesus. And he also says about Timothy, Timothy's proved himself because as a son with a father, he served with me in the work of the gospel. You know, Paul's glowing reports about Timothy reminded the disciples of his unsullied character and his faithfulness to Jesus. And it also served to increase Timothy's confidence as Paul gave his kind of apostolic seal of approval of Timothy. Timothy. And this confidence building was actually really important for Timothy, because despite his faith and his enthusiasm, he actually seemed to struggle with um, a kind of naturally timid disposition and a real sensitivity to his youthfulness. But Paul, um, in his letters, addresses these anxieties of, of Timothy, and he says this. He says, Uh, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift that God, uh, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, the spirit of God, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. And then later on, he says this, one of my favorite verses. I love this. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example For the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So Paul invested time and energy in this young, shy chap called Timothy. And he had a great deal of confidence in him. And he made sure that Timothy knew that. You know, we too should be considering how we can be discipling and raising up uh, the young people in our church. We need to be taking the spark we see in them and fanning it into flame, gently encouraging and enabling them to use their God-given gifts to serve and build God's kingdom and to feel confident doing so because they're equipped and empowered. I'm sure you've noticed uh, that our devotion youth are involved in all sorts of serving teams in church. I've got loads in this morning. We've got Sophie, we've got Toby over there. And this isn't just because they provide cheap labor. It's because we are trying to or beginning to equip and empower them to start using their gifts in a really safe way and loving place uh, where, they've, where there's coaching and mentoring on hand in the hope that when they head off into the big wide world on their own, they'll feel confident to employ what they've learned here to serve God wherever he calls them. And this leads on to the third point. Paul employs Timothy. Once he's equipped, once he's empowered, Timothy is then able to really test his competencies amidst the real challenge of ministry. At the beginning of 1 Timothy, uh, we're told that Paul travels to Ephesus with Timothy, but very shortly he's called away to somewhere else. But he leaves Timothy at the Ephesian church because of the serious threat to the doctrine that had arisen there. But he knows he can trust Timothy to deal with the situation in Ephesus. Timothy takes on his first solo ministry task here. And it's a really challenging one. But Paul has the utmost confidence in him. And you know, at some point, we need to release our disciples into ministry. We need to allow them to spread their wings on their own. And we know that they may well make mistakes. that's probably inevitable. But we all need to be thinking about how we pass on the baton of faith and ministry just as we see Paul doing. And then finally, Paul treasures Timothy. You know, Paul's mentorship uh, with Timothy involved a really personal relationship that developed between them over many years. And throughout his communications with Timothy and the other congregations, Paul describes their relationship initially as a father and son and then subsequently as two brothers in Christ. And Paul's relationship with Timothy really demonstrates to us the tenderness and the love that ought to exist as we disciple one another. And Vitally, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy, That he constantly remembers Timothy in his prayers and that he longed to see him so he might be filled with joy. You know, Paul valued Timothy. He respected him. He admired him. He loved him and he prayed for him, modelling to us what it looks like to really disciple someone. So clearly Paul was a really great mentor, great coach. He equipped He empowered, he employed, and he treasured Timothy. But just in these last kind of few minutes, I just want to touch on uh, what made Timothy such a great man to disciple and what we can learn from him as well as what we can learn from Paul. You know, when you read these letters and other references in the Bible about Timothy, you can just see that the whole arc of Timothy's existence was to honor God. You know, likewise, we should be um, our primary concern should be all about glorifying Jesus. Timothy's entire life centered on a ministry of discipleship. And it just really, as we read about him, really reminds us how much we all benefit from the mentorship of others in our lives. Timothy was a man who cared. He was trustworthy. He had a real willingness to serve God. He had a heart to listen and to learn as evidence from a really young age. And he was authentic and full of integrity. And you know, it was Timothy's honorable reputation that first endeared him to Paul's heart. And as Christians, we have a really unique opportunity ourselves to distinguish ourselves with Excellent character and to conduct ourselves in the love and the power of the Holy Spirit, just as we see Timothy doing. Timothy really knew his Bible and he held firmly to his faith as he sought to teach others the truth. He was careful about how he lived and what he taught. And clearly, he was a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the Spirit's power, he was able to overcome you know, his apprehensive disposition. And in the same way, when we rely on the Spirit, we too can be courageous and bold, even when we're feeling anything but. And just as Paul did with him... Timothy took on the role of entrusting the truths of faith to really dependable believers. He was a disciple, and in turn he began to disciple others. And you know, as he walked more closely with Christ, Timothy became, as Paul describes, a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master. So caring, trustworthiness, serving listening, learning, setting a good example. These are the characteristics of a disciple that we can all be cultivating and developing as we strive each day to become more like Jesus. We want to be a people who serve God with our whole hearts and a willing mind. As a church, we really want to be leaning into discipleship and all that that means. It's one of the reasons that we launched D groups this year, discipleship groups. We want to really grow together. We want to encourage one another. We want to disciple one another as we travel on this exciting adventure with the Lord. And together, just like Timothy, we can fight the good fight and we too can become vessels for honour for Jesus to use to build his kingdom let's pray father god we just thank you for these great letters of paul to timothy thank you for all that we can learn from paul and timothy in them and lord we really do want to be a church and that is pushing into discipleship we want to grow together we want to be people who encourage one another who edify each other who disciple one another we want to do this, Lord, to bring you glory so that you can build your kingdom in this community and in this city, Lord God. Amen.